What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Saturday, so time for our weekly underdog sponsored video. We'll get to the props in the second half of the video, and if you don't care about this first section, I'll post a timestamp where the pick'em starts, just like on the screen right now, and then all the videos also have timestamps. You go to like the bottom of the video, uh, you'll see that at the bottom. But I wanted to go over some strategy tips for the playoff best ball contest. The gauntlet, it's going to apply to all the other ones, I'm going to do specific for the gauntlet in this one, but if they open like a $5 one, a $10 one, they call it something different, they're all effectively the same thing, all use the same strategy. Um, these are best ball contests for the NFL playoffs, but if you look at like a normal best ball contest, it's for the entire season. This is not the entire playoffs on one. You have to advance in every single round. So you draft a team amongst five of the people, the six total of you in the draft, one of you will advance to the next round. That will just be like a random pool. You'll kind of be randomly assigned after that. And then each round, you have to be the winner in your pool. So it's originally six. Then it's another round of six. Then a round of eight. And then the championship will be a round of 157 if you're able to make it that far. So understand that that is different from normal best ball. You have to advance in every round. And so... Because of that, there's like different bits of strategy that we can kind of go over just to help you guys uh, not draft dead teams, basically. Uh, that's going to be open for the next few weeks. Um, if you enter it today when the video goes up on Saturday or anytime before midnight on Sunday, you're going to get a free Pick'em special next week. I do not know what it's going to be. Um, I don't know if that is like a, a boost so like something that goes from like turn your 20 to 1 into a 100 to 1. Or if it's one of those like easy over-unders where it's like, you know, you get over-under half a completion for a quarterback, something like that. I don't know which it's going to be, but it's going to be something beneficial. So if you want that, enter the gauntlet before Sunday at midnight. So again, like I said, because this is just like a, a different style contest, I just want to go over some tips to help you guys finish a little bit higher. First tip, remember that you need to advance in the first round. Uh, that might sound pretty obvious, but... It basically means you just can't get too aggressive in stacking up um, definitely like two teams. You can't do that. You can't stack up two teams that are both on by in the first round. You automatically lose at that, that point. You have to get first place in your pool of six. But also it just means you can't get too aggressive on that one team. Like if you really like Philly, um, their favorites right now to have the number one seed, get that by. If that ends up happening and you took like eight players or something from the Eagles and you only have two total players left, I think it's a 10, 10 round draft, you only have two left after that, you're not going to advance. You still need to be cognizant of the fact that you will not have anyone who has a bye in round one. You still need to be able to field a good enough team to make it to round two. Um, you also need to think, though, about the finals because just advancing at a higher rate than everyone else is not good enough. Maybe it is in normal season-long best ball. So if you went into the summer... Uh, you did a bunch of season-long drafts. You advanced at like a 30% rate or something like that. But maybe you drafted teams that probably can't like win at all because they don't have like these big stacks in week 17, something like that. That's really not the end of the world. You can just draft a good team with good players, no correlation, and still do fine. There. Like I really believe that that's okay. That is not okay in a contest like this. You don't need a full stack. Like you don't need, you know, five from one team and five from the other team that happen to make it the championship. Like you don't need that to happen, but you need to guarantee that you have at least a quarterback, a running back, 
two of the wide receiver tight end spots and one flex in the championship. And so if you construct a team where that's not possible, then you're going to lose and it's going to be negative EV over time. You need to have rosters at all, at least going to have a chance to be alive in the end. So let's say you think Dallas makes to the Super Bowl um, and you really want to stack them. You don't necessarily know who's going to make it from the AFC, but you want to kind of like cycle through different teams there. Um, You can basically draft multiple teams that have a Dallas stack and then you can stack it up with maybe like two different teams from the AFC and cycle through different combinations there. That way you've got a roster that's like, okay, if Dallas makes it, I've got a nice Dallas stack. Maybe you've got like Dak with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard. And you want to run that back with like three players from Buffalo and two players from KC, something like that. Um, That way, if Dallas makes it, you've got two kind of chances as to who's playing them in the end. Um, And then another tip there uh, kind of goes along with it is to not be afraid of teams with a first round buy. Um, It can definitely be scary to stack them up. Like, let's say you think the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl. It can be scary to go in there and be like, okay, I'm going to draft Jalen Hurts in the first round, A.J. Brown in the second round, knowing that everyone else is drafting players they're going to be able to use in the first round to beat you. Those two players are going to score zero. And you're like, oh, like I don't really want to do that. The thing is, if you're able to advance, well, number one, the teams with the first round by are good. They are the teams you want to be stacking up, and they have the best chances of ending up in the Super Bowl. So if you're able to advance, you put yourself in a really good spot. To overcome this, the sharp thing to do, if you do start off with a stack of a team that's going to have a first round by, is to stack them with players at the end of the draft that are relatively unlikely to advance and are thus going later because of that. So teams like uh, the Vikings, the Titans, Commanders, Bucks, um, even right now, Patriots, Chargers, Lions, like teams that might not even make the playoffs, their best players are going very, very late because it's risky, obviously. But let's say the Lions end up making the playoffs and you got him owner St. Brown in the last round. Well, he'd be a phenomenal player to combine on a team that has a stack of a first round buy because you're getting a great score from him. Maybe they lose in the first round, but you don't care because now you've got that stack of the buy player. So I hope that kind of makes sense. Maybe like listen to it again if it doesn't, but it's just, it's really sharp. If you go in, you've got a stack of players in that first round buy to be targeting teams that have really good players that might not make it to the Super Bowl. You'll still need like some players that you think can make it to the Super Bowl on the other side. But take like one or two players that are really good on teams that might not advance at all, might not even make the playoffs, because if they do, they're probably going to have really good games in round one, and that's what you need to make it. And then finally, uh, please remember that rankings for contests like these are useful, but they're far less useful than any other rankings for any other like platform, I guess. So if you're drafting a season-long league, Using rankings, you can pretty much, I mean, you, you can use draft strategy, but you could honestly throw draft strategy away, just draft based on the rankings. Best ball, same thing. For this, you can't. Draft strategy is much more important. You have to understand how your roster fits together instead of just drafting the top ranked player. The biggest thing is, you know, like not only thinking about the things we kind of talked about before, but just not drafting a roster that has no chance of winning. Remember, you need at least a quarterback, running back, two wide receiver tight ends, and then a flex in the Super Bowl. 
So if you draft a team that has, let's say, Josh Allen is your lone quarterback, uh, he doesn't have a first round buy, let's say, um, he still could, but like, let's say, you know, by the end he doesn't. So you draft him as your only quarterback. But then your only running backs are Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon. Please explain to me how that team is winning it in the finals. You've got the Bills, you've got the Titans, and you've got the Bengals, all in the AFC. Only one of them can make it to the Super Bowl. And so you're either taking a zero at quarterback or a zero at running back, and you're guaranteeing that even if that team makes the finals, it isn't winning anything because it can't. It's taking a zero at a position. And I understand that you could say, oh, well, even if your team makes it to the finals, like it's going to be a profitable team. And I get that. But in the long run, it's still very difficult to continue advancing every single week. And so you need to ensure that if that happens, you at least have a chance that the like the one or two teams that you're able to draft that make it that far have a chance. And if they don't, it's just negative EV over time because then that lineup is doing okay, but it's not making up for all the losers that you did draft because let's be honest, it's difficult to win a round of six, win another round of six, win a round of eight to make it there. Like That's really difficult to do. So hopefully uh, this made sense to all of you. Um, I posted free rankings for this on the website. Um, it also has like every team's uh, chance of making the playoffs, their chance at a first round bye, and their chances at winning the Super Bowl like attached to it. So you can look at that uh, and I will update that just like after this next week. Um, obviously that's important to look at some players um, going later in the draft. You can look at it and be like, okay, they have a 10% chance of making the playoffs. Maybe I shouldn't draft them or maybe they go with the build where he took the players the first round by. I uh, just kind of like helps you a little bit of strategy there. I also have all these tips in like uh, written format on the website as well, along with a few of my favorite stacks. So again, all free to use. And if you haven't signed up for an underdog account yet, do so using promo code FFA. They will match your first deposit up to $100. They'll get you into plenty of drafts so you have some fantasy action in the NFL playoffs. All right, so that is how to best attack these playoff contests for underdog. Let's switch gears here, talk about some of my favorite picks this week. First up, Dave Njoku, over 43.5 receiving yards. He hit this over in six of his last seven games where he's played at least 40% of the snaps. So basically, if he's healthy, out there for most of the snaps, he's hitting this prop. Um, he's also coming off his second most targets of the season in his first game with Watson. Uh, it was his highest snap share of the season, 96%. So he's good to go. He's healthy. He's a great player. Uh, Amari Cooper is even a little bit banged up right now. I think Cooper's going to play. He was a DNP through Wednesday, but it seems like that was more like load management. I I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper is going to play this weekend. Uh, but he's still banged up. That doesn't take away from the fact that he is a little bit injured. Uh, we're facing a Ravens defense that ranks eighth worst against tight ends. Uh, there, there's really just not that much else to say other than that. Like on average, he hits his prop. It's a good matchup. His teammate is a little bit banged up. It's a game they're projected to be like, you know, relatively close. Like I don't think either team's going to pull ahead. I don't think the Browns pull ahead win it by two touchdowns, and they're not throwing the ball at all. And if that does happen, let's be honest, Njoku was probably a big part of that. And so I think he hits this way more 50% of the time. Next up, um, we have to attack the Titans defense for like the 10th straight week. Uh, every single week we talk about how they are the number one pass funnel in the NFL. We are taking Mike Williams over 52.5 receiving yards, Justin Herbert over 305.5 passing yards, um, like I said, number one pass funnel. Um, and then as per Adam Levitan, 
You can combine that with knowing that the Chargers are second in plays per game on the season and third in pass rate over expectation over the last five weeks. So we know that the Chargers are going to run a ton of plays that the vast majority of those plays will be pass attempts. This is pass rate over expectation against a team that forces teams to pass it. So the Chargers want to play fast. They want to throw it a ton, which kind of leads to playing fast as well. Uh, teams that just throw it a lot, like there's just more opportunities for stopped clocks when you have incomplete passes. Um, against a team that everyone, everyone throws the ball against the Titans and everyone finds success in doing it. And we know the Chargers are probably going to find success. They're a very good passing attack. Um, we know that Herbert has at least 47 pass attempts in three straight facing a Titans defense that has faced 7.5% more pass attempts than the Vikings who have faced the second most. So there's a huge gap between them and the team that has faced the second most pass attempts in the NFL. Herbert is going to throw the ball a ton, and there's just a lot of value in knowing you're going to get something. We don't know the exact game script here, but we know they're going to have to throw it a lot. Even if they get up, they're not going to be able to run it to put the clock away. And so we, when we know with like a very high degree of confidence what's going to happen, it just makes sense to take advantage of that. Final pick I have for you guys today is an under. Uh, earlier this week, someone asked uh, about what our under record was, and I knew it was like good. I knew we'd been successful at it, but I had no idea what it was. So I checked. We are 27-9 and nine on unders this season. That is like an absurd rate for bets that are effectively like minus 110, right? We're not taking like minus 500 bets here. Um, these are all like roughly 50-50 bets. So 27 and nine is, is absurd. It's a really good rate. Now, obviously that's not going to like hold long term, especially if you look at that and you're like, oh, let's just take a bunch of unders because I've been selective, right? I'm only posting the unders that I really like, think of a good chance of hitting because I also don't like taking unders. Like, they're not very fun to bet, but they're sharp bets because no one really wants to bet them. And so when you find one that hits most of the time, take it, right? Because no one wants to take them. So books are just getting hammered on the over. They're going to post lines a little bit higher than maybe they should be. And so if the line should be much lower, it just makes a lot of sense. So I looked at this week. Uh, the only one that I found that I really liked was Kirk Cousins under 269.5 passing yards. Uh, Kirk faces a Colts defense that ranks third, only allowing 188 passing yards per game. In fact, only two quarterbacks in 13 games against them have hit this over. And they've done so by a combined 14 yards. So it's hit twice this season, the over, the unders hit 11 times. And the two times the over hit, it was barely. It was on like the last pass attempt that these quarterbacks had. They barely got over. Even Patrick Mahomes on 35 pass attempts did not hit this over. And if we look at Kirk Cousins, we're like, okay, is the line there because Kirk Cousins always hits this? No, he's only done so in six of 13 games. So it's a below average line in like a neutral matchup for Kirk Cousins. And this obviously is not a neutral matchup. The Colts are a very good defense. Colts coming off by this week. Like it just I don't know. I don't know why this line is so high. I have it projected well under this number. As I always say, nothing is ever a lock, but this under hits well north of 50% of the time. That makes it a very good pick. So remember that you get a special pick for next week if you enter the gauntlet 
before Sunday at midnight. And remember that I have free rankings on the website along with a write-up that summarizes you know, just the strategy points I went over in this video. Uh, if you still haven't signed up yet for Underdog, do so today. Use promo code FFA. They will match your first deposit up to $100. So good luck to everyone this weekend. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button and have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.